Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordell. Jackie Kibler. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being on our podcast. Thank you for asking me. So um, I think I did this, and it's embarrassing, but I think when I first met you, I called you Jackie Kibler, right? Like the yes, elf. Yes, you did. Everybody does. <laughs> okay, Everybody it's not just does. me. No, it's okay. not. Yeah. It's that association with the elf and cookies. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah. Now, it, you're a doctor, so why do, do you prefer me call you Dr. Kibler? No, I prefer you call me Jackie. Now that's that's <laughs> confusing to me because if I, you know, spent uh, five years plus and and a hundred thousand dollars on the PhD, uh, it would be on my license plate. You would only be you, you refer to me as John, uh, Dr. Kim. Um, I would not even respond to anything else but Dr. Some Dr. Kim or Dr. John. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty casual. I okay. prefer when I'm on campus with my students. I prefer that they call me Dr. Kibler just because. It's inter it's an interesting dynamic on campus. It's more common for students to call men doctor mm. and then call women by their first name. So I do prefer that they call me doctor on yeah. campus. But I don't like that double standard. Yeah. And I don't even think they realize they do it. It's just I think women, it seems more approachable and men are a little bit more standoffish maybe. I don't know. You know what you should but, do? You should, you should say if you're a man, you call me Dr. Kibler. If you're a woman, just call me Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, so tell us about you and, uh, and also like how we met because I met you how many years ago? Um, goodness, I think I followed you for probably three years and then took the coaching class a couple years ago, two, two yeah, and a half years so, ago. So I think like five years. Five yeah. years. Well, I mean you you've been following me, but um, I guess we officially met about maybe three years ago uh, or maybe four couple years. Yeah. It's anyway. A couple. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you are a professor and congratulations. You just got tenure. Thank you. It's How do you feel exciting. about that? I feel very good about that. Yeah. It's a hoop to jump through, but it feels good to finally have jumped through it. That's amazing. I'm proud of you. I think that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. It is. It feels good. And yeah. it's at a university that I like and respect. So that's even better. So so Jackie's one of our uh, powerhouse coaches and uh, professors, instructors, and she teaches um, person-centered, and which we'll talk about that, uh, not only for coaches who are listening, but also I think it's great for everyone, like just, you know, it's soil for any relationship. So we'll kind of, um, yeah, we'll talk about what that's about, but let's talk a little bit about you first. Um, you're teaching, what else are you doing, and, and, and what are you passionate about? Um, I'm and, really and how did you how did you get into this business? So I've been teaching and working with college age students for probably twenty years, um, and that's the age group that I'm really passionate about working with and adolescents. Um, and I've done that for quite a while. Um, I've done counseling with adolescents, and then working with their families and adults as well. Um, I'm really passionate about suicide prevention, mm. um, particularly at the school age level and getting with schools, but taking a different approach to it, a, really a wellness approach and te teaching coping skills. Um, and I know this is going to sound really hokey, but taking a positive approach. Um, mm. A lot of suicide prevention stuff is pretty doom and gloom and that yeah. kind of stuff. And so 
my approach is much more positive and leaving kids with a good feeling. Um, and so that's really my passion and it has been for a long time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do on the side. That's important. Um, that's a really important work and, uh, thank you for doing it, but also I applaud you wanting to, uh, present it in a different way. You know, I, I, I think I, whenever someone takes something, um, especially, you know, something that is so important in our world and tries to make it better or unique or, you know, um, in a way that, that is honest to them, it always, you know, it always shakes things up and it always makes it more powerful. Yeah. Well, and some people, I think, um, look at me funny when I tell them that. Um, and it's not that I'm taking it less seriously I take it very seriously, but I think that there's a different way that we can, uh, approach it that still gets the message across, but gives people the tools to live a healthy life. So, and coaching fits so well with that. The things that I learned through the catalyst class, just, it came at just the right time Mm -hmm. to help kind of propel my ideas forward and helped me take that message in a new direction. So it's pretty exciting. Awesome. What, uh, what is person centered theory or I guess it's an orientation, but what, what is, what is it? Um, it's really kind of a positive approach, um, to working with clients. So when it first came out, the the idea, um, that was popular at the time was Freud's idea, which was kind of like, let's dig back in your childhood and figure out what went wrong. And, And I think with coaching, our approach more often is let's take you where you are and let's help you move forward. And that's what person centered is. And it's a lot of really good listening techniques and just meeting people where they are. Um, and it's skills that all of us can use in our daily life. And if we did, uh, we'd be such a happier society. You know, you hear the quote, you know, most of us listen to respond instead of just sitting and really listening. Sure. And that's, that's person centered, like just listening and being with someone instead of trying to have the answer for them. Yeah, and it's I, meeting I, where they are. I think this is just the fundamentals, the basics of of any relationship. You know, um, like uh, learning how to listen. And I, I think this is a class that should be introduced in high school. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So listening. What are some uh, What are some tips? What are some steps? What's your you know What's your opinion on that? How would someone be a better listener? I think one of the first things, and it's something that I do with my students and then something I do with the Catalyst class as well, is encouraging people to not think when they're listening so much, which I know sounds kind of weird, but just holding space is the term um, that I use a lot. Just hold space for someone. Don't feel like you have to answer their problem, that people really have the answers within them, and that if we can just hold that space, um, and use reflective listening where you're kind of letting them know what you hear. Um, cause a lot of people don't feel like they're heard. Yeah. And so, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Just, I, I love the, so when you say reflective and, and you said, you know, uh, letting them know what you heard, it sounds kind of weird to actually do that, but it's so helpful. Um, because you know, you may mistake it as like that sounds patronizing, but it's not. You actually literally, literally repeat uh, kind of what they said, right? Exactly, exactly. It's just, and it's not mimicking, but it's 
exactly what you said. It's repeating back what you hear, and then it gives the person a chance to correct if you didn't hear them correctly or add to their story. Um, and it lets them know that they've been heard. Which yeah, and I think for me, because you know, I, I, I used to be very reactive, it, it, it puts a speed bump in it for you. So the first thing out of your mouth isn't a response or a, a uh, you know, a, a telling them to do something or, 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 or that they're wrong, but it's like, this is what I hear you saying. Exactly. Because we all have that friend when you're sitting and, and talking about something who immediately jumps in with, well, have you tried this? And have you tried that? Right. And have you? Solutions. And it's like, yeah. And that's not, sometimes we do need that. I mean, if your car's broke down and you call someone, you do need solutions. But a lot of times, that's not what we need. We just need someone to hear us. Right. And, and if it is what you need, um, it doesn't have to be the first thing that you hear. Exactly. Right. It could come a little bit later. Um, so, yeah, guys, if you are a life coach or a therapist, or, I mean, any kind of coach, fitness coach, whatever, if you're having a conversation with anyone, um, practice practice this, this type of listening. Like to really listen to the person. Um, Jackie's totally right. We know when we listen, we are thinking about what to say before the other person's even done with their sentence. Yep. And, and for me, as a, as a coach and as a teacher, even as a parent, it takes the pressure off of me to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and just allows me to be there with the other person. Um, right. And that's nice to have that pressure taken off. So who is Carl Rogers? So he's the one who is the theorist behind person-centered. Right. Um, so as I said, it was at the time when he came up with his theory, Freud's theory was the one that was, you know, kind of the dominant theory. Um and Rogers came out with person-centered, which was really unique at the time, a, com- a complete deviation um, than Freud's. So, um, and it, a big part of his theory is seeing people as able to handle their own issues, seeing them in a positive light. It's just, it's a very positive spin on coaching, on therapy. Yeah, Which is why it's popular. Um, just the name Carl Rogers and Person Centered. It all, it's it's a trigger for me. It's taking me back to uh, my therapy school days. Freud, all that stuff. Yep, good times, huh? Good, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of uh, long times. I don't know if they're good. They were good, um, but you know, no, it was it was helpful. And, and and at the time, I was just a sponge absorbing all this. And I remember when we were uh, studying Person Centered. Uh, just because some of the other theories are so complicated and dense, and you have narrative, you have, you know, you've got the, you've got Freud, you've got you know all all, the, all these theories and um, Bowen and family systems and all this. When the, the thing I found refreshing that was kind of like water with person centered was the simplicity of it. Yes. Right. So so t- let's talk about that. Why is that theory so simple? I think because it's a for me the way. I use it, it, for me, it's good communication skills. Um, and when I teach it, I talk about these are things that if you use in your daily life, it's going to enhance your relationships. So it's, it's different than some of the other theories that, you know, this is family systems theory that, you know, you can apply in certain situations, or this is another theory that, you know, has complicated steps. A lot of person-centered theory is 
basically really good communication skills and it will enhance your overall relationships. Yeah, I like that it's it's one of the primary colors when it comes to mm-hmm. relationships and um, I think it's it's also I think uh, even though it's so simple, so many people lack it. Like so many people um, you know, they're smart and, and, and they're uh, they have a lot to offer and you know they're 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 coming from a good place, they're good people, um, but they don't listen well. Right. And well, I think- and I think I think even when I teach it, it's just for me, it's a good reminder. You know, I think I'm doing these things well, but my kids remind me sometimes, hey, I just yeah. need you to do this. And because we get caught up in life. Well, life and also emotions, you know, and I'm also guilty of that. I mean, just because uh, I'm technically a, a licensed therapist and life coach, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. And I also have to remind myself to try to understand before trying to under, be understood. And, um, I'm also fast to anger and I, I have emotions and that clouds things instantly and you don't want to listen, you know? Exactly. And that's, you know, it's one of the things that I love about being a professor and I love about teaching in the catalyst class that I get to teach these things. And so I remind myself on a regular basis of what's best practice. Um, and then my, t- my students and my own kids, um, remind me of these things on a regular basis. So it's just constantly reminding and refreshing and because we do, we're human. And so that's why it's important. Even if you've heard it once, it doesn't mean that it's become part of your skill set that you use regularly. So let me ask you this. Um, If you're a new coach and you are uh, seeing a client for the first time, what would be your advice? Um, How to use person centered um, or, or any advice you have? about uh, doing a, you know, a first or a few sessions? I think even, so I've, I've done counseling, mm-hmm. um, but coaching was a new ball game for me, especially because I did it online, which is a whole different format. And I was right. very nervous. Um, I'm used to meeting with people in person, which is a different dynamic and I'm more comfortable with that. So I think that a lot of people are looking for a script you know, what questions do I ask and what order? How do I respond? I don't want to mess it up. What if they say this? And I think with person-centered, you, you just take that pressure off. Yeah. You should have some idea of what direction you want to go. You know, get to know the person and allow them to tell their story. But a lot of times, if you're willing to listen and reflect back, you will allow them to tell their story. And that's really what the first few sessions are is allowing them to tell their story so that you can figure out what direction it needs to go. Yeah. I think most, um, life coaches beginning, uh, that's a very common fear. It's like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, you know, uh, lead this. And, you know, if if you kind of just trust that you're going to create, going back to this idea of creating a safe space, you know, it's just, it's a conversation at the end of the day and and it naturally kind of unfolds. Mhm. Mhm. And I think sometimes if there's too much structure, it kills that safe space. Right. Um it becomes too scripted and and too much like an interview which is sometimes too stilted and and stale yeah. um versus a conversation. So I um some- it's it's one of the reasons why I got, I go into sessions completely blank um and just kind of being um just wind the paint, splatter paint, and see where it goes, you know, and at the end, trusting that there's going to be uh, an, a, a painting. Mm-hmm. I've become better with that. And 
and quite honestly, it's something that you emphasized and I, I learned from other instructors in the Catalyst class because I lived my life pretty structured and scripted. Even my classes, um, the counseling sessions that I did, I needed a format. Um, and then that's one of the things you pushed us to do in the Catalyst class. And I started doing more of that, living yeah. life a little more unscripted. Right. And I think it takes practice. I mean, it's kind of like uh, people who do stand up comedy or, or improv or, you know, things that, that are on purpose, not structured. And I think if you have the personality of someone who's very organized and, and, and thank God I, I don't, but I don't have that, but, um, you know, if you're very, uh, kind of like organized and, and have to need things in, you know, uh, with, with a, a distinct structure and, and you feel comfortable in that, it, it's going to be more, more difficult for you to kind of let go and, and trust, you know? Mm-hmm. But magic happens when you do that. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. It's amazing the things that come out of that. So, because you allow other people to create with you instead of taking control of the situation. Oh, I love that. I love what you just said that uh, allowing other people to create with you. And I think that is also one of the misconceptions about life coaching is you know, you're, you're I mean, you are leading, you are teaching, you are mentoring, you're, you are giving advice, you're doing all these things, but you're, you're not like fixing it on yourself. You're not giving them uh, necessarily answers. You're, you guys are creating together. You guys are um, finding answers together and that, that takes the pressure off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's what I think sometimes as new coaches, you feel like it's your job to fix it or come up with the answers, but it's not like you are literally just kind of holding the canvas for them right. and allowing them to create. Right. So, so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about connection. I, I was uh, so we just had our awake and, and ignite event. And yes, I, I missed it this year, but yeah, I was there last year. You were, and um, it was. Uh, and thank you for coming, and I, I hope uh, to see you for the next one. This, yes, this year was um, it was tear jerking. It was crazy. It was um, uh, so last year. I think we had about um, ten about ten catalysts. I don't remember, but you know, a, a, a handful. It was the first time we did it. This year there were like sixty. Oh my goodness! It was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's like it was amazing to watch them because um, through their uh, their because you know, I, I mean you don't see this, but the the bonding that has has formed from them taking our course and uh, and then you know in the tribes and on Facebook and all that um, all that stuff I don't see. So when I see them walk in, they've already established such rich soil and, and, and it's like they were screaming and they're like <laughs> it's like they haven't seen each other in years but what's funny is it was the first time they're actually meeting in person yeah and so that's really, awesome yeah it was amazing it really felt like um we created something and there's a movement and like-minded people like everything um i feel like this year with ignite especially it was just uh super powerful lots of tears and and uh it it, it i just i feel like it tipped this year you know Mm-hmm. Well, so, that's, I felt that sense this year, just in the groups, right. like you sensed that building. Yeah, absolutely. That power. Um, and, and that leads to this ne next topic, uh, the power of connection I want to talk about. And I, I'm, I'm interested in it because it's like, you know, we live in, in a digital age where social media and, and Facebook and all these uh, platforms are instantly connecting people. Um, at the same time, it's disconnecting people. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it allows yeah. us to also hide. It allows us to use filters. It allows us to um, present ourselves in a false way. So 
that's been really interesting, and I, I, um, I think uh, this, this guy named Dr. Uh, Corey was speaking, and um, he, he's an amazing, uh, uh, amazing life coach, and uh, he, he's worked with addiction, and he's been helping people for about 30 years, and he has his own concepts. And he said one of the, the reasons why we have um, so much stress is, well, there's, there's two. One is being different. And one is um, disconnecting. So once you are, once you feel connected with, you know, people, someone, a tribe, whatever, and then by different, I don't mean like in a unique, good way, but but feeling that you are less than, feeling that you don't fit in, feeling that you know all that. Um, that's what creates some of the biggest uh, stress. And then the way that we cope with that stress is is through you know unhealthy habits, etc. And I just thought that, especially after this weekend, I just thought, man, I think we've we're kind of coming full circle where we're starting to um really be vulnerable and try to connect again you know like mm-hmm. uh back in the caveman days it was all about the tribe that you were in and from the from sunrise to sunset you were with that tribe you were hunting you were you know uh dancing and campfires and all that um there was no idea of like leaving home and being an adult <laughs> right and Here's here's what's interesting. I think that um, as we disconnect, even though we you know even though we are engaging with people, um, as we are going around in our cubicles, in our uh, our you know our cars and in our little bubbles, when we start disconnecting with people, I think we also start disconnecting with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's really important now to be. Um, aware of the power of connection it's happening actually in fitness it's happening in you know the yoga world i think uh this idea of having a having a tribe and you know that's kind of what we're also about um it it's i don't it's, i think it's just changing the temperature of of how how we are and what we invest in these days i would agree yeah and so what do you think about that connection the power of connection where it's at and why we need it I would agree. Well, I think as humans, we all want this sense of belonging. And in the past, we yes. used to get that in neighborhoods, right. which now we don't do that as much. People don't really hang out in neighborhoods as much, at least I don't think research shows that. And so people are looking for that sense of belonging, at, you know, that sense of connection. But more than that, that sense of kind of authentic or genuine connection yeah. where they can be there, like you said, like their true selves. And so they're searching for that and they may not find that in their community, you know, in their soccer mom group or, you know, at work with the guys. And so they're desperately seeking that out. And that's what you've created in a, in the tribe where people can be authentic. There's no judgment. You know, if there is, that's shut down very quickly. Um, and it's a safe space. Yeah. Created that safe space. I think you're right. I think it's, um, and you know, we, we, we began talking about this, having this conversation about creating a safe space for someone and in uh, coaching sessions, et cetera. But um, the shift tribe online is a safe space. I mean, the, a, a safe, a, your, you know, your classroom could be a safe space. It doesn't just right. mean um, one-on-one. And I think when you do that and people start to be transparent uh, and, and, you know, Brene Brown is the, um, the person that's kind of leading this flag about the power of vulnerability. But mm-hmm. that, that I think is what produces the glue. That is the reason why you know people at at Ignite and Wake are screaming when they see each other and, and just jumping all over the place. Um, it's because they were vulnerable. It's because they showed themselves, and then it, it's because because of that they 
have formed an authentic connection. Exactly. So I think one of the challenges now is how do we get people to start taking that like into that vulnerability, that authentic back where they are? Like, how do you transfer that back into your home, into your relationships with your kids, your, you know, significant others into your other friendships? Like, how do you start planting those seeds, which I think is harder? Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people, they snap back like rubber bands. So to actually, I think, you know, I think like anything, it has to be threaded into your life and like it has to be a lifestyle. So you can't just be vulnerable with your therapist and life coach and then, with your friends, you're wearing a veneer and, and being completely not yourself, you know? Exactly. And that's, you know, the point that you make, and you and Noel make this, that life coaching is a lifestyle. Yeah. That's why I think the Catalyst class is so powerful. It wasn't just, for me, a class about how to be a life coach. It it infiltrated my life. Mm. It affected my teaching. It affected how I do presentations. It affected my parenting. It affected my relationships with my friends. It, it's a lifestyle. And so I think that's the power of kind of what you guys are doing. Oh, thank you. So Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I, I think making things a lifestyle is the only way things are sustainable. I mean, even if you talk about, um, you know, uh, let's say you, you want to lose weight or you want to get into shape, you, you can't just go to the gym 20 minutes once a, a week. I mean, it has to be threaded into your life where it's a daily routine. Exactly. And I think it's the same with being vulnerable, you know? I think it's that if that's what that's your choice and you believe in it and you want to be authentic uh, and, and reconnect with yourself, it you got to remind yourself to be vulnerable even though it's terrifying um, with your boss, you know, with your boyfriend, with your friends, with everyone. Yep. And, and that's I, why the the oh, sorry, continued man. that's why the continued support that the tribe gives is so powerful cuz you don't just send people out on their own and say, good luck to you. It's a continued support network. The catalysts continue to support each other, provide it's a network. And so that's the power because we know with sustained change, it's not like you said, you know, you take a 20 minute class, good luck to you. It's a continued effort. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. And I I have this theory that there is a tipping point when, um, when you find your connection, especially with yourself, um, then you start moving into the zone where things are greater than you. So whether it's a you know a, 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 a belief or um, or you're making you know your client or anything like whatever you're doing, whatever dent you're trying to make in the in the universe becomes greater than you. And I think mm-hmm. um, that's when you're really like uh, uh, I talk a lot about living a through me life. That's really when I think you are the most powerful. Is when. Um, it's not even about you. It's about something greater. And I think to get there, you need the connection piece. You need, like you can't get there if you're not authentic and you're not you. You know. Yes, I 100% agree. One of the things, and it's something I don't know. You did a a talk about this, like a two minute talk one day, and it shifted. I was going to do a presentation, and I was very nervous, mm-hmm. and it shifted for me. I was like, this is not about me. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for them. And now I do that whenever I go to do presentations. I'm like, and my nervousness stops because it's no longer about me. It's about them. And I just need to show up for them. Um, I I, I think, and I do that too. I have to remind myself, but I think that's when you are in an attracting state instead of a chasing state. Yep. I agree. So when I do, um, if I have a little talk I need to do, um, 
I almost pretend like I just sat down with God and he said, I've got a message for you. If you deliver this, right, if you just go into that room or that stage or whatever and, 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 and you go in there like you have something to say and you deliver this message, you're going to save, you know, three lives or, or, or something like that where, where when, I'm, when I'm about to start, I know that it's not about me, but it's about me being more of a conduit delivering a message or whatever it is or, or, or thinking or believing that the audience needs to hear this, not for me, uh, but for them. Yep. And, That's um, awesome. Yeah, and then it makes me, it makes me completely um, not afraid. Because then I'm not self-conscious. I'm not, I'm not thinking about what my hair looks like or what I look like or what they think. Like, there's no time for that. It's like there's an urgency. Basically, I need to get this message out. I'm going to do it, you know. Yeah. Because in the end, it's really not even about us. Like, someone will – something will resonate with something, you know? Right. Like, and, and if you don't – we're getting really philosophical, which is great. But And if you don't make it about you, it creates more connection. Yep. You know, and when you make things about you, it creates more disconnection. Yep. Because people see that and they feel it. Yes. Yes. Yep. Everywhere. Totally agree. I love where we went with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And um, if you guys are listening, um, and it doesn't matter if you're a life coach, a mother, girlfriend, father, brother, whatever, teacher, um, what we're talking about just it applies to humans and, and, yep. what, and what's happening in the landscape of just wellness um there people are so thirsty which is good news people are so thirsty for uh, a better version of themselves and i think because you know uh, wellness is has commercialized and um if there's you know there's less stigma with self-help and self-betterment that uh it's such a great time to start these conversations and spread them mm -hmm. yeah and people need to hear what you have to say i know that the market is kind of um it's becoming saturated and even like yeah. the stuff I'm doing, I'm like, oh, it's been said, but it hasn't sure. been said the way you want to say it. And right. someone needs to hear it the way you need to say it. So put yourself out there. If you have something you want to say, get it out there. Don't be intimidated. Yeah, so. absolutely. I agree with uh, you, Jackie, 100%. Um, don't think about what's out there, how much is out there. Um, no. Just think about what is truthful to you. And, uh, and, and I italicize what Jackie says, which is uh, make it your own, right? Yep. So your, your voice stands out. And, and whatever the, the material is, um, it'll be unique because it's coming from you and your perspective, your point of view, and your language. Yep. And yep. it will just resonate. Just be you. Yeah, and so just be you. All right, guys. Um, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, we are uh, always creating a dialogue with our instructors and with Noel and, and other, uh, other guests. I'm going to have Dr. Corey on soon um, talking about meaning and, and um, putting weight on that to find happiness. And uh, any other words? Uh, I, I, you know, since I'm a man, I'm going to call you uh, uh, Dr. Kibler. <laughs> you almost said Kibler. I know. I had to stop myself. <laughs> Because you know why? I, I, I'm always thinking about cookies. And there's this weird subconscious thing where I can't say Kibler. I have to say Keebler because my, oh, my, my sugar funny. addiction. <laughs> you caught it, though. Yeah. Proud of you. Um, any last words? Um, my thing, that message I try to give to people is just live your legacy. Like nobody mm. can live it like you can. So go out there and do what you're supposed to do. You awesome. have your purpose. I love it. And Jackie, thank you so much for being a part of our team and helping people help people. Oh, I love it. Thanks for the opportunity. Okay, guys, be well. 
Thanks for listening to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast presented by Shift. If you'd like to learn more about what you've heard on today's show, head to shift.us. That's S-H-F-T dot U-S for more information. Feel free to rate us, review us, and tell a friend.